Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum Podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This episode, we have Netflix 190th film from 2019. It's the Christmas romantic comedy, Let It Snow, directed by Luke Snellen. It stars Isabella Merced, Shamik Moore, Kian Shipka, Odea Rush, Liv Hewson, Mitchell Hope, Jacob Batalon, and Joan Cusack. I'm Jesse, and I'm here with MJ. How are you? Good, good. It's quite a cast, Jesse. Hopefully in uh, five or ten years' time, we'll be like, wow, what a cast that was, well ahead of their time. It, it is a, a big cast. It's, and I think we're probably going to struggle when we do get to the characters in this one that it's like, how, how much do we <laughs> talk about? Because there are so many characters in this film, and I guess that's the structure of this film. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, well, um, we'd like to start the show off with the Fast Flicks where we do a quick little summary of the film. I'll just say now, if you haven't seen Let It Snow and you want to check it out, we're going to spoil it. So give us a pause, come back later. But Andre, give us your Fast Flicks for Let It Snow. Good spoiler alert. Now I'm, I'm wondering if you're going to spoil the film in your Fast Flicks by getting it in. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, this is, this is kind of a hard one because it's very difficult to... Um, it's very difficult to really get the vibe of this film in a, in a sentence. But I've just gone with it in a small snowy town. A bunch of teenagers are dealing with all their own teenage issues. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. I like it because I'm, I'm saying I'm similar. So it's, I've said a bunch of teens deal with life, big problems during the festive season. And then the festive season is a, a funny one as well because... I mean, this this movie doesn't have to be a Christmas movie. I think it still works as a Christmas movie, but I think everything in this movie, you know, still works outside of the whole Christmas feel vibe. It wasn't like Christmas meant much. It was good. It it added to the vibe, but it wasn't important. Not for all the all the little uh, character stories that we had. Definitely, yeah. There's there's ones that you could just have in any sort of film, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Apart from like the Christmas Elf, there was nothing that like had to be done for Christmas, or no one really had like. Like there was holidays and things, but yeah. no one had like proper plans. We got to get this done before Christmas. So, True. Um, anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. That's okay. Let's let's talk about how uh, this one came together. How did it end up on Netflix? Where was it made? All that sort of uh, interesting information. I'm actually very. I was very surprised to discover that it was based on a on a novel um, called "Let It Snow: Three Holiday Romances" by Maureen Johnson, John Green, and Lauren Miracle. Yeah, it's a funny word. <laughs> <laughs> with, with a Y in there. Um, that, that's a cool setting. Um, it's, it just doesn't feel like it would lend itself to being a, a novel. I don't know. I, I, think, I, mentioned, I, I mentioned this at the end last week, remember? I was happy when I actually read it and I was right. I was like, I'm sure this is a John Green story. Um, so I'm very, very happy that I was right. Um, but yeah, I, rem- I remember seeing it in, on the shelves at, at the shops. Is that right? Yeah, well, I, like, I don't know. Like, we've both watched the film now. Can you can you imagine this as a novel? Uh, well, if you've got three authors, it'd be very easy to split up each character's arc and just edit the chapters in between so it runs uh, parallel, I guess. It's very true. And I guess you could go in a lot more depth to the characters in a novel as well. You've got more time to do it, which, which this film didn't really do. And it's kind of okay, but... Um, anyway, I was surprised to hear that, but nice and early. So September 2014 was when Universal actually had the rights to the novel um, and nothing really happened with that. It was 2016 when Luke Snellen was announced as the film's director and then December 2018 
was when they announced that the film was actually going to be produced and released by Netflix. So obviously, Universal realized it wasn't going to be that profitable for them, so they they dished it off to Netflix prior to it being actually produced. So Netflix were on board nice and early, and then principal photography began in February 2019. Uh, it was filmed in Toronto and Millbrook in Ontario, uh, and it was released on the 9th of November. Sorry, the 8th of November, 2019. Um, just in time for Christmas. Yeah, good story. Uh, it was nominated for an award at the GLAAD Media Awards, the GLAAD Awards, uh, for the outstanding the TV movie. Never heard of the GLAADs before, couldn't find anything about them. The, oh, we the talk other- about this all the time when these movies get nominated for TV movies, though. It just really bothers me because <laughs> I just don't know what constitutes a TV movie these days. But anyway, we, we don't have to get into that today. I think the title is an interesting one because I think if... Uh, yeah, the, the term let it snow can sometimes uh, be used as a uh, reference to a thing called Coke, and I'm not talking about the drink. So oh. um, interesting title for a, a teen sort of um, teen sort of uh, film or book or whatever well, it was. I, my head never went there. Never and went even there. when you said it's an interesting title, I was like, what are you talking about? Because it's going to get fu- confused with the song. Like, there you go. I didn't yeah. even think that. Yeah. Uh, I'm too sheltered. Translations around the world in the Spanish speaking parts of the world. This is called White Nights. So it ties in again with that reference to the illicit oh. substance. Um, wow. the, uh, White Nights, unforgettable love stories. In France, it's called Love Flakes. So that's um, okay. interesting. Germany, it's called Days Like This. Just completely removes anything to do with snow, Christmas, etc. And in Italy, it's called Fall in Love in the Snow. That's <laughs> sweet. That's sweet. You know what? I always think days like this is the best one. Marketing-wise, it's terrible for a Christmas movie, but it, it kind of that's probably the one that fits the story the best. Yeah, not a bad, not a bad call. Uh, what are the audiences and critics saying about this one? IMDb has it sitting at a five point eight out of ten off twenty-two thousand ratings. Not too bad. A bit under par. Letterboxed two and a half out of five. But 35,000 ratings, so a lot more ratings on Letterboxd than, um, than IMDb. And as we know, we're, we're not watching this during Christmas time, but during Christmas time, sometimes you just want to watch a Christmas movie. So I'm not surprised that those ratings numbers are, are healthy enough for it. True. Rotten Tomatoes. The critics actually like this one. It sits at 81%. It's on 27 reviews, so fresh. Uh, the audience- 27 reviews? Yeah. Yeah, audience a bit lower, forty six percent on more than two hundred fifty. So, critics not not too um, too too harsh on this one. Interesting. I see you as a as a very good critic. So, what are your early thoughts on this one? <laughs> well, like, I I appreciate the the sentiment. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that this is a pretty ordinary movie, and I absolutely loved it. But, like, <laughs> does that make Does that make sense? Because like the characters were really one dimensional. I think aspects of the story seemed to be glossed over just constantly. And I never, I never really knew like who knew each other in this whole circle of like friends that seemed to be appearing. And I also, I just didn't care about any of that because it had this, it had a before sunrise meet cute, like almost literally on a train. Um, it had a guy telling you that the universe will provide for you in like a really <laughs> mocking but kind of fun way. It had characters falling in love. It had teenagers dealing with teenage problems. It had a Christmas elf village collection, which I love. <laughs> and I just wanted, I just wanted every single one of these characters to get what they wanted. 
And I, I wanted to be there with them on this day with this crew and party with them at the Waffle House. And I just don't, I don't care. That's how I feel because by the end of this movie, I was, I was so into it. It's so funny. I've literally used the word ordinary as well because like looking back on this, I was like, how did I keep up with all the characters and what was going on and reading about it? I was like, yeah, this wasn't that good, but I enjoyed it too. It was, it was like fast paced. You just had to keep your wits about you. It was sweet. It was watchable and there's some good moments. So yeah, it was when you look at it on paper, you're like, and you look at it up and you're like, oh man, this was, a, this is a piece of pile of steaming poo. It doesn't work. Like, oh, I, I still enjoy, enjoy it. It's just watchable. Yeah, yeah it right. is. And as I said, with the characters having no depth, and we're about to talk about characters, it it, it almost felt easier to follow them because I, I kind of knew everyone's little story. Everyone's little story was never that important, but I knew where every time like a, when, when Addie, O'Day Rush's character would come, I'm like, okay, so she's the one who's like got the boyfriend who's not talking to her and she's also fighting with her friend. Like, I, I was always across everything that happened and I just, I didn't need the depth of character. It would have been nice. Maybe it would have been better, but for what this movie was to sit there and watch it, it was fine. Yeah, and like looking at these characters, I when I went on Wikipedia, I'm like, what's on Wikipedia is like a one-line sentence for each one and that's literally most of the, that, that's all you can really say about them. It's just like, you know, like you said, you know the little parts you need to know about them and that's it. Oh, you, you just needed to know what they were doing in that 24 hours. Yeah, true. All right, well, how are we, we going to attack them? We need to make sure we don't waste too much time on this. How do we attack these characters? Well, yeah, there's not much to say about all of them, which is nice, but I've actually gone through them all in IMDb order, which seemed to be the right way that they've built them. Sometimes IMDb is a bit funky that way, or sorry, the way they cast them is funky, but I want to start with Julie, played by Isabella Merced. It felt like her story was kind of the baseline of the film and everything else kind of happened around her and I, I think that worked really well because her story had a lot more depth than the others and it actually mattered it wasn't like a little breakup or it wasn't like I'm fighting with my friend or things like that um I don't have much to say about it I really liked her character in fact her and Stuart's story was was probably the one story I, I cared about the most um and I think that worked for them to ground it with with her story yeah I I, I agree with you I think that it was nice to have a character that had a tough life decision rather than just a teenager decision where it was like, do I look after my yep. mum her last moments or go off to college? And I really did like the idea too of just randomly meeting someone and just having a connection straight away. It's just it's just a nice thing to see rather than, you know, having your ups and downs, just like, cool, we click. Let's have a, a fun day together and, and see how it goes. It was, it was cool. So true. <laughs> it's so the magic and the romance of it all is really nice. Yeah. And that leads us to Stuart. Uh, I, I, was, I was less into him and less sympathetic to his case um, obviously being a very famous musician. But I, I appreciated him having that outsider's view of the town. And, and it made, obviously, as, as you as we're outsiders as well, and it made what could have been really mundane, not mundane, um, the beauty of the town, but also just the way everyone was interacting felt nice coming from his perspective. So that's kind of all I've got to say about him. Yeah, I, the idea of passing through town and I didn't mind. The idea of a celebrity enjoying not being recognized or you know obsessed with and just but trying to be able to be themselves i didn't mind that little arc i know it's not an amazing arc yeah. and it's not an amazing thing that happens but it's cool to see <laughs> i feel like these are just like little little uh vignettes almost that were just little, yeah. little stabs at the characters that's what it is have you got addy next? next i've got addy next i'm still not sure whether i like idea rush as an actress i've seen her in a few things now and I, i'm not i don't know she's and in this in this she was overly dramatic but she had these genuine teenage issues. And that, that, that was you, you, almost like you needed that character. Um, 
and that's that's kind of <laughs> I, I i found her so frustrating because you like you said just that annoying there wasn't any moment really like just annoying the whole way through and then like one moment at the end where you're not annoying and just the, the paranoia the obsession the attention of the social media um you know boyfriend's gonna cheat on me blah blah just really annoying didn't care for her and we'll probably talk about the tinfoil woman later who's probably her counterpart yep. in this really that um yeah just yeah you've got the idea of someone being obsessed on a phone so we need to add that into a teen film that's what it felt like yeah and that obviously leads in beautifully to dory um I actually loved her story, not just the romantic side, but also the friendship with Addie. I think as a character, I think she was wonderfully strong. She was resilient. She was very selfless. She got knocked around, but she never really let, or she never did let her ego stand in the way of anything. And she just backed herself in by knowing that everything she was doing was the right thing. And she took comfort in that. And she never wallowed in the things that weren't going well. Um, I just loved this character. She was fantastic. Yeah, good performance, good storyline. You know, the idea of being ignored by the people that you want to pay attention to, like her best friend uh, and then the girl, the cheerleader girl, Carrie, that um, which has a secret sort of romance with. Mm-hmm. There's something that just didn't sit right with me from her for some reason. And I don't know whether it's, oh. I don't, I don't know what it was. I, and I'm not sure whether it was because this was like the, this was the, the lesbian story of the film that I wanted it to be more of a positive, like, and I know like the character dealt with it so well, but it was like, let's put the the, the hardest um, obstacles. She's got two obstacles that she's got to face. Everyone else doesn't, doesn't really have that. So I don't know. I just felt like I wanted some more positivity. And I, I know at the end we sort of see it, but I just didn't like seeing her getting treated poorly by, you know, the girl who wants to impress her friends. And, and I know that they have a reason for that and all that stuff. I just felt I didn't want to feel sorry for this character, even though like, it was yeah. a good character, it was a good story. I, I wanted to feel good for her. And that sort of threw me off a bit on it. I get that. I get that. I love the way she handled it all, though. She was always very, whatever, like, I'm not doing the wrong thing, so whatever. And she's, the way she stands up to Addie just being like, just pull your head in. I, that was that stuff was really good to see. And I think if this movie is aimed at teenagers, hopefully that stuff can resonate with them more than anything else. Good points. Tobin. Um, Tobin is a bit of a wiener, but I did empathise with that inability for him to actually follow through with these things and his feelings and what he was going to do. And I think we all know that feeling of, of going into your shell and then just like not caring about anything for a little while, but then sort of coming out of it with a bit of bravado. It just, it just felt relatable. Yeah. Just, I guess everyone sort of had a crush that you, you're too scared to talk to anyone about. So like you said, yeah. relatable, um, but a little bit of a pain. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then Angie uh, is his crush. I thought she was really fun. I loved her spark that she bought. I really enjoy the storyline of friends becoming lovers thing. I don't, it just never really sits well with me. It never really works, but actually this one did, this one felt right. Like, I guess because when we first met them, I'm like, Oh, these two, these two are dating. And it it wasn't like a, Hey, we're friends. Oh, by the way, we love each other. Like it just felt, felt like they were just inevitable and it, it worked for me. Uh, to be frank, like I think that this was probably the story that had the least attention almost and I didn't feel like apart from knowing that Angie's called the Duke because she's being one of the boys it was like I didn't really know much else didn't know much else about it and she's like Not from true. me looking at this cast she's like the one that I recognize um from you know Sabrina and things like she's in Sabrina yeah she's like I recognized her from from shows so 
I don't know. I probably expect, and posters that I've seen had her face like dead bang in the middle. I just expected that to yeah, be the right. main, the main story. Anyway, keep moving. Yeah, no, it wasn't a big one. <laughs> uh, quickly on Keon, I definitely felt like he was just more of a vehicle for progressing the story. I don't think we ever really cared about his plight or what he wanted to do, but he kind of had to have the party and run the party, and that was all. <laughs> yeah, he, he literally. It's like this. He plays the same character that he plays in Spider Man. That. <laughs> um, you know, he's, he's just worried about impressing people. Uh, I don't even think he learned anything in this film. Like from what I gather, he's just he just wanted to impress people, have a party, and get booze. And <laughs> he doesn't have an arc at all. Yeah, I, I, probably one of my least favorite characters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tin Four Woman. Um, look, I think it was worked work well because she's obviously not as crazy on the inside as she appeared on the outside. And in fact, many of the characters cared way too much about what people thought of them or, or how they were perceived. So it felt really prominent that the only real adult character in this film re- represented the exact opposite and, and what they wanted people to know and learn. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the, the idea, you needed someone to, to sort of push that idea that, you know, you don't care what people think about you. Um, it's just like that sounding board, I guess, for most of the characters. And the one thing I like, at least give us a reason as to why she was wearing the tinfoil hat. I know, I know we don't, people don't care what she's like, but I, I wanted to know. I wanted to know why you dressed like that. <laughs> um, I actually I actually kind of appreciated that they didn't. I, I thought, yeah. firstly, because I just couldn't think of a reason why it would be good. But it was almost like, no, everyone's still got their own secrets. Everyone's got their own reasons and it doesn't matter. True. I, I wanted to talk about JP. Oh, yeah, go. Um, that athletic sort of older dude that's sort of got that um, sexy vibe that Duke we think that, you know, she's into through the eyes of um, what was his name again? <laughs> um, Tobin. But Tobin. I 100% thought that he was interested in Tobin the whole way through. Oh. 100%. I was like, this is so obvious that he's going to be into Tobin. And I was just like, I, and at the end, he, I think he ended up with um, sorry, not Tobin. Was it Tobin? Yeah, yeah, Tobin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I 100%, like in the car scenes, he's like looking at him like really like into it. And he's like, you know, has he got a girlfriend? He was asking things like that. And I was like, oh, they're they're setting this up. But I think in the end, at the party at the end, he's he's with a girl when they finish the- With Addy, I think. Yeah, with Addy. Yeah, I was like, oh. Yeah. Anyway, that was just my, I was just crazy. I didn't Um, didn't pick up on that, but yeah, you're right. It is there. Yeah, rewatch it. Because like literally there was so much straight up. I'm like, oh, they're going to get together. (laughs) I didn't expect him to end up with- um, With Duke. Oh, God. Yeah. Good driving, T Bird. All right, let's keep going. Um, (laughs) Director Luke Snellen, anything you found out about him? Not really. Um, I think this is his first feature. Done a few TV shows as a director. Uh, Wonderlust is a a movie, is a TV show I've heard of, but I don't know much about it. Yeah. Just, um, I think a Netflix show called Feel Good as well, directed a few episodes. So maybe Netflix have kept him on. Uh, from this but yeah it's not much at all all right let's talk about some scenes what are some scenes in this one that you enjoyed scenes that i enjoyed well the first one i want to say and in fact do you know when this movie ended one of the first things i did was like hey google can you play whole of the moon for me um (laughs) i really like that first scene on the on the organ when they when they sung whole of the moon terrible singing but very sweet scene because it sort of showed their connection but then also showed the the conflict that he had in his head and, and how he sort of had that little dummy spit. I thought it was really good. Um, a lot of the other stuff that I had was to do with some lines that I liked. I love the line 
that Dory said to Addy, you know, stop caring about people who don't care about you. Obviously, it's great advice, but really, really hard thing to say to one of your friends. Um, and she just did it in the right way where she's like, look, I've had enough of your drama. This is your problem. I'm going to tell you this. You can storm off and go mull over it. And it was it was really good. Such great advice. Loved it. Um, Stuart, when he first left... Um, when he first left Julie in the house when his publicist came or whatever, and there was a bit of like, oh, you know, come with me. And his sort of thing was, oh, she was sort of like, you know, this was just a day that we had. You know, you go back on your tour. I I stay in this town. And, you know, that's that's kind of the real glass half empty view of it when they've sort of been like just rolling with the, the magic of it for a whole day. And, you know, the ability for them to just go, no, sorry, this is all it was. It's all over. It kind of stuck with me and I thought it was pretty strong. So that actually leads in nicely to the next scene, Julie talking to her mum. And again, it's just a, a line that I like. The, your, your life is to be lived, not to be put in a neat container to be controlled. When life gives you something special, you take it. And it's, it's, it's a wonderful parental advice, but I think anyone can sort of take that advice. The idea when something comes along that you may not have anticipated or you may not have expected and you may not think that you should do it, just bloody do it, and um, what a great, what a great way to live your life. Yeah, that, I had that as well. Just that, that, that discussion in the bedroom. It was just a nice moment. So I literally had the same line: when something special is offered, you take it. So good. Yeah. And then the last thing I've got is uh, Tobin and Angie confessing their love. I think I cared about their story a little bit more than you did. Um, <laughs> and then they, they played the whole of the moon in the background, and after he was sort of talking about being jealous of JP, how he sort of said. Can we still hang out with JP? I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I don't know. They, those guys were cute. They were such a cute couple. So maybe um, there was a lot of like going on. Something going on with him. Maybe he wants to just. <laughs> he just wants to keep him close. Yeah, yeah. cool. Um, yeah, I don't have a, a look. I thought the the bleeding nipple running gag of Tobin. I thought that was <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I just like just your nipples bleeding. That was uh, that was good. Uh, obviously, that scene that we spoke about, and then the last one. the the mid credit scene um, at the party, that would have taken a lot of time and effort to put together. It was like this one take shot, checking in where all the characters were and the camera just moving around um, that the diner or the waffle house or whatever it was. Um, I thought that was cool. So I appreciated the technical side. Mm. Yeah. Is there anything in here that you didn't like? There's, there's actually only one scene, Jesse, and it was um, the fight scene at the start with um, Dory and Addie when they had the fight in the car, when they disagreed about the, the tinfoil lady and they got, kind of personal Addy got kind of personal and then never apologize it just I know we're like Addy was kind of in this headspace at the moment that wasn't great but I was all fine with them having a fight I just wish there was a better reason for them to have that fight it, it felt very forced like oh crap we need them to fight um and it just wasn't a good enough reason for me I probably like will lead this is a bit out a bit out of order now but I think um the the fight between Julie and Stuart, like that was sort of the same. It was like, we just need them to have a fight mm, so that we can have a nice true. moment where they make up, you know, I don't think he deserved those accusations that she was thrown at him. But they resolved that during the fight. Like that, fight, that yeah. was yeah, like true. they fought and then they kept, and I appreciated that because you knew they were going to have to have something, but it was like <laughs> just a good heated conversation. Yeah. I don't know, like the putting the publicist in that house was almost enough to throw her off a little bit rather than having to have a crack at him. You could have just thrown the publicist in. Oh, she's horrible. He's going, okay, maybe I'm at a spot that I didn't need to be with him. I don't know. I just, I just felt off. 
but yeah, I agree. And they, you really didn't need that line of like, oh, this is what he does. He like goes to town, finds yeah. girls. Makes like people that, fall in love with him, yeah. That, that didn't affect anything that Julie did and that she'd already had that little fight. So that, that line actually just, just was a bit of a character dig at Stuart. That didn't feel true. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, what else have I got? The, the sledding scene with uh, Stuart and um, Julie. Like, you know, not, you know, you say this in Christmas movies. I think we saw it in like the Christmas, one of the Christmas princes where they're out, they're out on the sleds and stuff. But then like for her to, for them to fall off and then she's about to get hit by a car in the middle of a sled field. I was just like, come on, <laughs> you're not going to have roads that close to where people are sledding. It's a really good point. And I've got two things to add to that because firstly, she was in the middle of that road for quite some time that the person in the car 100% would have seen her and stopped. And secondly, he w- he fell off so far before that. There's no way he would have got there in time. No, nah, maybe they're expecting him to skid. If you put the brakes on, he's going to keep going because it's snow. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, there was a few flaws with that. It's a good pickup. Last thing I'm going to add in, the a few of the, mu- the music scenes just sort of, uh, where Tobin gets on the organ. Hole of the <laughs> moon. Oh man, sorry. Um, no, nah, didn't do it for me. And the same with when they go to Julie's house and dance with her mum and her grand, um, uh, grandpa, Mick Jagger, with the Mick Jagger song. Like I was like, yeah, it doesn't really add anything. Just a bit corny. And I was like, oh, a bit cringy, a bit cringy. <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was cringe in this movie. Just let's, <laughs> let's not pretend there wasn't. <laughs> I just thought I picked the most cringy ones. But let's talk about what's this <laughs> movie trying to say? What are some themes or some ideas? Yeah, look, there's some nice stuff here, and a lot of it is literal. Uh, I've, I've talked about some of the quotes that I like that are explaining the main themes that they want you to take out of the film. But the idea of being who you are, and the tinfoil woman really uh, represents this nicely, but not worrying about what the world thinks and, and, and stop caring about the people who don't care about you, but, but recognise that people do care about you and they're the ones that matter. Um, really nice things, especially for teenagers to understand, because you do go through that, that phase of your life where, you kind of feel like the world's against you. You're not the people that do care about you aren't important because you've kind of already got them locked up. It's like, yeah, I know mum and dad love me. I know my best friends love me, but I, this person's so cool. I want to be with them. And it's like, well, that person don't give two shits about you. So um, that's, that's a really nice message to take out. And, and, and the idea of making those decisions for yourself, like stop making decisions that you think will uh, make other people happy or impress other people. Just do it for you. And, uh, Again, another literal one, your life is there to be lived. Um, if, if you've got a, in this case, you've got a sick mum, she might be sick for five, 10 years and you're just putting her life on hold. And I thought it was really a sensitive way for the mum to handle that. And above all that ties it all together is the teenage world is complicated. And, and I like that. Let's not shy away from the fact that some of these things sound like petty issues, but in their world at that time, they are the big issues. And, and I think yeah. that's important to know. Yeah. No, I so- said, the same sort of ideas like the responsibilities, taking challenges in your life, um, letting go of expectations and, and a little bit too through that idea of um, Stuart with the, the idea of being a celebrity too, fame, fortune. Is that what people really mm-hmm. want in life? Um, and the teen issues that you've spoken about too, like romance, relationships, friendships, uh, fear of coming out, technology. How much do you use it? Do you overuse it? You're not being connected to the real world if you're, if you're constantly on your phone and and finally i'll just the, the idea of snow we, we got this very blatantly in our um voiceover at the start and at the end you know it's snow is beautiful but it can hide the things that are right in front of you you know that's it's a bit like everything else in this movie that mm, you know yes. um if, if your house gets covered in snow what's going you don't know that house is there what's going on is there a nice family is there, you know anyway 
that's it. Obscurity. I like that. I like it a lot. What What did you take away from this film? Well, very on a very personal level, it, this this film further emphasised something that I already thought I knew about movies, but I just I just think that small town stories always seem to get me. Uh, I'm a real sucker for a small town story. I think teenage stories kind of always get me as well. Um, it, it's time of my life that I still remember very very well and enjoy and. Um, I think a good teenage movie really does resonate with me strongly. But then you put them together at Christmas time, and you know I love a Christmas movie. Like it's hard to go wrong. This is the trifecta for me. And I didn't watch this at Christmas time. So um yeah, this this movie was just right up my alley. And the sooner I realized and lent into that, the better. Good. Yeah, I, I just sort of took it from it's sometimes, you know, this could have been a complete and utter disaster with the amount of stories that you're following and depending on where they cut and edit the stories break like leading into each other so i mean realistically at the end that everyone that was important in this film um apart from the tin foil woman who got her own little segment right at the end of the credits anyway was in that that waffle house so um you know credit to them for for getting everything even though it wasn't necessarily the best way of doing it they did end up getting everyone together um which can be a hard thing to do and she was dropping them off at the waffle house so she was kind of still involved was involved exactly all right. Did you go on to IMDb to look anyone up? I did for Julie, um, oh, yeah. Isabella Merced. Um, instant family. She's in instant family with Mark Wahlberg and Rose Byrne. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, bang, of course, you're the older daughter there. So that was a satisfying one. I didn't jump on, so all good. Um, any questions that you'd like to ask? I have not got a question for you. And I always try and make a point of thinking of a question for you, but nothing came to me. So I apologize. There's nothing I want to ask you. I only got, I got two little ones. So, Underage drinking. There's a big emphasis oh, yeah. on this, um, you know, getting booze for the party. That's there's a lot of that's where a lot of the characters uh, key on, and um, the other dudes off trying to get it from the bad twin brothers. Uh, it's not shown as like a negative thing though, so it's almost like glamorizing it, saying teenagers need booze to have a good time. I don't know. Well, these guys have finished high school, and I just forget that in America you can't drink till you're yeah. twenty-one. Yeah, because yeah, in Australia, that's completely fine. So I didn't even pick up on it. But I mean, I just wonder how much culturally it's just the norm that 18-year-olds are drinking at parties. Yeah. But I mean, and realistically, when you think about it, an 18, 19, 20-year-old is not really going to be watching this film. This film is more for your 14, 15, 16-year-olds when you think about it. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, 32-year-old men. But... Yeah, 32-year-old <laughs> middle-aged blokes. Um, and then the, the, the other part that sort of leads into these, like, um, Keon, he got caught by his parents organizing this huge party. <laughs> no consequences. The truth is, you can go to work and have the party there instead. He did that. He would have had his consequence, but he got called in for a shift. So, and we're only, he, mate, he wouldn't have had a very, was it Christmas Eve? Um, either way, he wasn't going to have a very fun day the next day. <laughs> okay, fair. All right. Um, we're almost, well, I think we're going to put this one all together, come up with our final thoughts and give it a rating out of five. What are your final thoughts for Let It Snow? Yeah, I think it took me a little bit of time during the watch, but I started to slowly discover that I was kind of into everything about this movie. And when I recognized that the movie itself was still really deeply flawed, and then I understood, but it still it still got to me. So I was just ignoring the fact that things that, things that didn't work well um didn't matter and it drew me into the magic and it, it made me want to be part of it and as i said if i had actually watched this at christmas time i might have melted even further but i am very comfortable giving this three and a half stars nice very good yeah um 
<laughs> I probably I haven't felt this in a while. I think I think like maybe this isn't the sort of film that's probably supposed to be analysed and talked about for forty five minutes either. <laughs> it's yeah. Sort of, you know. I think you're probably just meant to sit back, um, enjoy the story, enjoy the performances, enjoy the the Christmas feel. Um, yeah, it's not the, the best movie of all time. Enjoyable. Um, I probably you know middle of winter, cold night, open fire, mm. sitting with a blanket on you, hot mm. cup of mar- with marshmallows and cocoa and. Be nice. Um, I'm giving it a three. I'll see you next week. <laughs> this sounds great. <laughs> Gives a three point two five. So good, good job. I'm glad we both. That's a good it. score. Good score <laughs> for us. We are on socials. We've got Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, question for anyone following us: Is this like the teen version of Love Actually? Oh, hello. Um, yeah, on a much smaller yeah. scale. Well, yeah, yeah, sort of does similar things. Good. That was a joke. Like <laughs> All right. We, we will be back next week. We have another 2019 film. We're getting towards the end of 2019. Where are we in November? So we've probably only got mm. 50 to go before we hit uh, 2020. <laughs> 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 the film for next week from 2019 is the psychological thriller called Earthquake Bird. It's directed by Wash Westmoreland. It stars Alicia Vikander, Riley Keogh, Naoki Kobayashi, and Jack Houston. That's what we've got next week. A psychological thriller. A bit of a cast. Mm. So um, get on board. If you're keen next week to follow along, that's what we've got. But uh, it's nice. You know, sometimes these ones aren't necessarily my cup of tea. So it's nice to sort of have a few laughs and some nice moments. The more I think about this, this is the teenage love, actually. I think you're on to something there. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. Like, I was just like, it's like, they, you know, the same sort of connecting stories and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And it's Christmas. Yeah. And it, yeah, yeah, they would love to hear that. They, they would, yeah. I mean, they should market themselves as that. <laughs> should be the tagline, which it didn't have. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. as always, it's been a pleasure. And um, I will see you next week. See you then, mate. <laughs>